The first and second articles of the Apostles' Creed of the Large Catechism by Martin Luther, translated by F. Bente and W. H. T. Dow. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Thus far we have heard the first part of Christian doctrine, in which we have seen all that God wishes us to do or to leave undone. Now there properly follows the Creed, which sets forth to us everything that we must expect and receive from God, and, to state it quite briefly, teaches us to know Him fully. And this is intended to help us do that which, according to the Ten Commandments, we ought to do. For, as said above, they are set so high that all human ability is far too feeble and weak to attain to or keep them. Therefore it is as necessary to learn this part as the former, in order that we may know how to attain thereto, whence and whereby to obtain such power. For if we could by our own powers keep the Ten Commandments as they are to be kept, we would need nothing further, neither the Creed nor the Lord's Prayer. But before we explain this advantage and necessity of the Creed, it is sufficient at first for the simple-minded that they learn to comprehend and understand the Creed itself. In the first place, the Creed has hitherto been divided into twelve articles, although if all points which are written in the Scriptures and which belong to the Creed were to be distinctly set forth, there would be far more articles nor could they all be clearly expressed in so few words. But that it may be most easily and clearly understood as it is to be taught to children, we shall briefly sum up the entire creed in three chief articles, according to the three persons in the Godhead, to whom everything that we believe is related. So that the first article of God the Father explains creation, the second article of the Son, redemption, and the third of the Holy Ghost, sanctification. Just as though the creed were briefly comprehended in so many words, I believe in God the Father, who has created me. I believe in God the Son, who has redeemed me. I believe in the Holy Ghost, who sanctifies me. One God and one faith, but three persons. Therefore also three articles or confessions. Let us briefly run over the words. Article 1. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth. This portrays and sets forth most briefly what is the essence, will, activity, and work of God the Father. For since the Ten Commandments have taught that we are to have not more than one God, the question might be asked, What kind of a person is God? What does He do? How can we praise or portray and describe Him that He may be known? Now, that is taught in this and in the following article, so that the creed is nothing else than the answer and confession of Christians arranged with respect to the first commandment. As if you were to ask a little child, My dear, what sort of a God have you? What do you know of him? He could say, This is my God. First, the Father, who has created heaven and earth. Besides this only one, I regard nothing else as God and there is no one else who could create heaven and earth. But for the learned, and those who are somewhat advanced, have acquired some scriptural knowledge, these three articles may all be expanded and divided into as many parts as there are words. But now, for young scholars, let it suffice to indicate the most necessary points, namely, as we have said, that this article refers to the creation, 
that we emphasize the words creator of heaven and earth. But what is the force of this, or what do you mean by these words? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Maker, and so forth. Answer. This is what I mean and believe, that I am a creature of God, that is, that He has given and constantly preserves to me my body, soul, and life, members great and small, all my senses, reason and understanding, and so on, food and drink, clothing and support, wife and children, domestics, house and home, and so forth. Besides, He causes all creatures to serve for the uses and necessities of life, sun, moon, and stars in the firmament, day and night, air, fire, water, earth, and whatever it bears and produces, birds and fishes, beasts, grain, and all kinds of produce, and whatever else there is of bodily and temporal goods, good government, peace, security. Thus we learn from this article that none of us has of himself, nor can preserve, his life nor anything that is here enumerated, or can be enumerated, however small and unimportant a thing it might be, for all is comprehended in the word Creator. Moreover, we also confess that God the Father has not only given us all that we have and see before our eyes, but daily preserves and defends us against all evil and misfortune averts all sorts of danger and calamity, and that he does all this out of pure love and goodness, without our merit, as a benevolent Father, who cares for us that no evil befall us. But to speak more of this belongs in the other two parts of this article, where we say, Father Almighty. Now, since all that we possess, and, moreover, whatever, in addition, is in heaven and upon earth, is daily given, preserved, and kept for us by God, it is readily inferred and concluded that it is our duty to love, praise, and thank Him for it without ceasing, and, in short, to serve Him with all these things, as He demands and has enjoined in the Ten Commandments. Here we could say much if we were to expatiate how few there are that believe this article. For we all pass over it, hear it, and say it, but neither see nor consider what the words teach us. For if we believed it with the heart, we would also act accordingly, and not stalk about proudly, act defiantly, and boast as though we had life, riches, power, and honor, and so forth, of ourselves, so that others must fear and serve us, as is the practice of the wretched, perverse world, which is drowned in blindness, and abuses all the good things and gifts of God only for its own pride, avarice, lust, and luxury, and never once regards God so as to thank Him or acknowledge Him as Lord and Creator. Therefore this article ought to humble and terrify us all if we believed it. For we sin daily with eyes, ears, hands, body and soul, money and possessions, and with everything we have, especially those who even fight against the word of God. Yet Christians have this advantage, that they acknowledge themselves in duty bound to serve God for all these things, and to be obedient to Him which the world knows not how to do. We ought therefore daily to practice this article, impress it upon our mind, and to remember it in all that meets our eyes, and in all good that falls to our lot 
and wherever we escape from calamity or danger, that it is God who gives and does all these things, that therein we sense and see His paternal heart and His transcendent love toward us. Thereby the heart would be warmed and kindled to be thankful, and to employ all such good things to the honor and praise of God. Thus we have most briefly presented the meaning of this article, as much as is first necessary for the most simple to learn, both as to what we have and receive from God, and what we owe in return, which is a most excellent knowledge, but a far greater treasure. For here we see how the Father has given himself to us together with all creatures, and has most richly provided for us in this life, besides that he has overwhelmed us with unspeakable eternal treasures by his Son and the Holy Ghost, as we shall hear. Article 2. And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. Here we learn to know the second person of the Godhead, so that we see what we have from God over and above the temporal goods aforementioned, namely, how he has completely poured forth himself and withheld nothing from us that he has not given us. Now, this article is very rich and broad, but in order to expound it also briefly and in a childlike way, we shall take up one word and sum up in that the entire article, namely, as we have said, that we may here learn how we have been redeemed. And we shall base this on these words, in Jesus Christ our Lord. If now you are asked, what do you believe in the second article of Jesus Christ? Answer briefly, I believe that Jesus Christ, true Son of God, has become my Lord. But what is it to become Lord? It is this, that He has redeemed me from sin, from the devil, from death, and all evil. For before I had no Lord nor King, but was captive under the power of the devil, condemned to death, and meshed in sin and blindness. For when we had been created by God the Father, and had received from him all manner of good, the devil came and led us into disobedience, sin, death, and all evil, so that we fell under his wrath and displeasure, and were doomed to eternal damnation, as we had merited and deserved. There was no counsel, help, or comfort, until this only and eternal Son of God, in his unfathomable goodness, had compassion upon our misery and wretchedness, and came from heaven to help us. Those tyrants and jailers, then, are all expelled now, and in their place has come Jesus Christ, Lord of life, righteousness, every blessing, and salvation, and has delivered us poor lost men from the jaws of hell, has won us, made us free, and brought us again into the favor and grace of the Father, and has taken us as his own property, under his shelter and protection, that he may govern us by his righteousness, wisdom, power, life, and blessedness. Let this, then, be the sum of this article, that the little word Lord signifies simply as much as Redeemer, that is, he who has brought us from Satan to God, from death to life, 
from sin to righteousness, and who preserves us in the same. But all the points which follow in order in this article serve no other end than to explain and express this redemption, how and whereby it was accomplished, that is, how much it cost him, and what he spent and risked that he might win us and bring us under his dominion, namely, that he became man, conceived and born without any stain of sin, of the Holy Ghost, and of the Virgin Mary, that he might overcome sin. Moreover, that he suffered, died, and was buried, that he might make satisfaction for me, and pay what I owe, not with gold nor silver, but with his own precious blood, and all this in order to become my Lord. For he did none of these for himself, nor had he any need of it. And after that he rose again from the dead, swallowed up and devoured death, and finally ascended into heaven, and assumed the government at the Father's right hand, so that the devil and all powers must be subject to him, and lie at his feet, until finally, at the last day, he will completely part and separate us from the wicked world, the devil, death, sin, and so forth. But to explain all these single points separately belongs not to brief sermons for children, but rather to the ampler sermons that extend throughout the entire year, especially at those times which are appointed for the purpose of treating at length of each article, of the birth, sufferings, resurrection, ascension of Christ, and so forth. I, the entire gospel which we preach, is based on this, that we properly understand this article as that upon which our salvation and all our happiness rest, and is so rich and comprehensive that we never can learn it fully. End of the first and second articles.